Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, I'm looking out the window of my studio in Fort Collins, and it looks like it is going to be a gorgeous day. Another great summer day in Colorado, and people are getting out. I think one of the things this uh, coronavirus thing has done is it's kept people close to home. You know, there's no youth sports, no major league sports at this point. You can't go to a movie or just starting to be able to go out for dinner. And uh, people are getting outside and taking advantage of what we have here in Colorado. And we're going to talk about a lot of different aspects of that today. We're going to give you a fishing update. We're going to have a fly fishing update and some conventional fishing updates. We're also going to talk some whitewater rafting later in the show. And I think that'll be kind of fun. That's kind of changing. It's been a different year for that. But we're going to cover that, tell you what the status of that is, and take you down to the Arkansas River and tell you what the flows are like. So we'll cover that. And uh, also, towards the end of the show today, I'm going to announce a brand-new partner that's joining Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're really excited about it. You know, the partners we get on this show not only help support it financially, but they're outdoor enthusiasts. They support outdoor activities. And it really makes this show just brings together a really great group of people so we can bring you this information. Right now, let's go to the phones. And joining us uh, from the Blue Mesa Reservoir area is Andy Cochran. Good morning, Andy. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing well. It looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day. What's the weather like up in the Gunnison area? Uh, We had some rain overnight and heavy cloud cover, which kept the temperatures up. It's a balmy 60 over here this morning. Um, Wind's starting to pick up a little bit. It's going to be scattered showers off and on today, it looks like. You've had some pretty good uh, weather, though. How's the water levels? I know two years ago, Blue Mesa was down to, it was just terrible. Last year, it just came roaring back. Do you have decent water levels this year? It looks like... um, Runoff's starting to taper back finally here. It looks like the lake's going to finish up around 25 feet low, which is actually a pretty good water level for here for fishing and for shoreline recreating. It leaves a lot of beaches open. So, Yeah, and it's a big body of water, and it's huge. And it, uh, You guys had a decent winter. You didn't have the winter you had uh uh, the winter before, but you had a lot of water. But we are in, in some areas actually in a drought, but the reservoirs seem to be filling pretty well and being in good shape. Now, Blue Mesa is the, holds the most water of any reservoir in Colorado. It's a huge body of water. It's known for its trout, its lake trout, its kokanee. And you're right, it's boating activities. There's just a, a number of things. And camping that's pretty popular up there, too. So what's going on? Let's go through the different types of fishing there. I know we're kind of getting out of the prime lake trout area. That'll come on again as the water cools, but the kokanee should be coming on. Kind of take me through what's happening fishing at Blue Mesa. Sure, yeah. Historically, by the 1st of June, our big lake trout season usually comes to a close. For this year, however, we've been... We've had an extended season on that. Those fish have held relatively shallow. Up until this last week, guys are still able to find bigger fish in that upper 80 feet of the water column, which is pretty accessible. 
and a lot later than normal, so we're taking advantage of that. I think the lake trout fishing is making a comeback here. This was the best year of fish over 40 inches that we've seen on this lake for probably five years. It was really encouraging to see the number of 20- and 30-pound fish caught this year. So that's been really, really positive. Um, like you say, with the water starting to rise with runoff, it's starting to push those fish deep. It's pushing most of the trout off the bank outside of the normal schools of rainbows that you'll see. But the big thing that we're going to start focusing on now is kokanee salmon. Um, with those water levels coming up so fast now, what what that does to the salmon is it just keeps them in the top 20 feet of the water column for a while. So one thing we like to tell a lot of people is it, it's a little harder for you to fish for those fish using your fish finder. They're going to be really, really shallow and out in open water. So you just got to have the confidence in your gear to, to leave stuff at 10 feet deep and keep trolling until you run into a school of fish because they're going to be fairly hard to see on your fish finder being that shallow but they're there and once you find them they're they're big and aggressive this year they are so fun to catch we've been catching bigger fish than what we seem to be catching the last three or four years they're they're already pushing like 18 inches and when you hook one it's a pretty fantastic battle cartwheels three feet out of the water jumping around it's been a lot of fun not to mention they're really tasty table fare too. They taste, I you know I know a lot of people go after them in the fall when they're spawning and they smoke them, but you get when when they're silver and they're out in the open water, they are delicious. Yeah, we take a lot of customers that come down and they fish Alaska a lot and catch sockeyes. And with the kokanee being a close relative of the sockeye, the the salmon connoisseurs definitely notice a difference in the taste of a kokanee, and it is the preferred salmon species all around for table fare. They are really good eating fish. Now, I want to get back to a point you made about uh, depth finders. You know, a lot of people, they uh, we've got a lot of people getting out fishing that are new to the sport this year or that haven't fished for a long time or that fish very infrequently. And they, you know, they're starting to learn electronics or they're getting new electronics. And the electronics have gotten so good. But you're absolutely right. When um, I can tell you from covering the professional walleye trail with the walleye anglers when they were trolling, you can try to set up, if you're very experienced, to try to pick up some of those fish that are 10, 15 feet deep as your boat's going over them out in the open water. But they tend to spread away from the boat just a little bit and then maybe come back. And so you don't cover, you know, if you've got at 10 feet deep, you're only covering about a three-foot area. And so if you just happen to see one in that cone, it's it's pretty difficult. So you can try to really manipulate your electronics, but you're right. You almost have to fish for them to find them. And that was an extremely good point. I like that. Another thing, you you kind of glossed over. You mentioned the trout. You said they're pulling away from shore a little. But, you know, people think of Blue Mesa for the – they think of them for the lake trout, and they think of them for the kokanee salmon – but there really is a good population of both rainbows and browns, isn't there? Yeah, this has got to be one of the best brown trout fisheries in the whole western United States. There's That's one fish that was in the Gunnison River before they dammed the lake. And those fish have taken 
over the lake just naturally. They've never been stalked or manipulated in any way. And there's probably a bigger population of brown trout in that lake than anything else. Um, it's not uncommon at all in the spring when those things are up on the bank to go out and have 100 or 150 fish days with brown trout on that lake. And that is a, a very overlooked resource out here. Um, and the, the feds actually stock the rainbows here, not the state, as part of the compensation for building the water dam system in here. So what they started doing about six years ago was stocking catchable rainbows here in the hundreds of thousands every year. And so there is a, a really healthy rainbow population out here as well. The trout fishing in general on this lake can be fantastic. Oh, I, I love it. I um, I loved, I used to come out and fish those brown trout both spring and fall. And if, if anybody's an avid bass angler, we used to fish them just like we were bass fishing, throwing uh, jigs and hard baits up against the shore very much. Well, you're a, a, a bass a bass tournament angler. Uh, do you kind of do some of those same techniques when you're chasing those browns? Yeah, it's a great practice lake for a smallmouth guy. It's, uh, to me, a, a brown trout is a smallmouth bass stuck in a trout's body. If you ch- kind of change your mentality that way and fish for them that way, you can be a lot more successful with brown trout. They have incredible eyesight. They're more of an ambush predator rather than a, a chase down like a lake trout, like a schooling predator. So your jigs and your jerk baits and your crank baits are are like the top three baits for a brown trout. So you're exactly right. It's like it's just like tr- bass fishing out here for trout. It's super fun. Speaking of bass fishing, I know that you just did a tournament at Pueblo. Let's take a minute or two and give us a quick update. That was last weekend. What were the bass doing down in Pueblo? Sure, yeah, that was a really fun trip. Pueblo, in general, is a fantastic bass fishery. That thing has so many fish in it. And what's really fun about that lake is it's spotted bass, it's smallmouth bass, it's largemouth bass. So you can go down and catch all three species in a day, which is not something you can do just everywhere. Um, generally speaking, there we did see a few fish on beds, but 95% of the fish were post-spawn. Um, we did see some fry garter stuff going on, but even that is getting pretty late, so... Post-spawn fishing, um, the topwater bite was incredible last weekend. And what's also fun about that when you're trying to build a pattern on a lake like that is every species has its own little quirk. And so as we went through the day pre-fishing, we were able to come up with a different topwater bait and color that really keyed to a specific species. It was pretty interesting how the smallmouth wanted to popper and the spotted bass wanted a whopper plopper and the largemouth wanted a frog or a walking bait it was really fun to kind of figure all that out and then once the sun came up and the boat traffic and shoreline traffic got kind of heavy it did kind of push those fish off the bank and kind of off the flats where you kind of had to back off and get a spinning rod out and and get finessey with them with a drop shot and a ned rig but those two lures on a spinning rod right now at Pueblo catch you a lot of fish. 
All right. We're out of time, Andy, but if people want, you also run one of the more popular guide services in the state. You specialize up in the Blue Mesa area. Tell people how they can get a hold of you and if they want more information or if they want to book a trip. Yeah, thanks, Terry. Yeah, we're out of Gunnison here. Um, GSOfishing.com is our website. It has all our info for our guide trips and stuff. You can all follow us on Facebook and Instagram on GSO Fishing. And that all stands for Gunnison Sports Outfitters. All right, my friend, it was great having you on. We'll get you on again as the season progresses, and you can keep us updated. You bet. Anytime. I appreciate it, Terry. All right, thanks. That's Andy Cochran with GSO GSO Outfitters or GSO Fishing. I'll tell you what, we had a a text come in. Somebody wanted to know what to use at Granby to fish from the shore. And I'm going to touch on that real quick, and then later in the show I'll get in more depth. But it's going to really depend on the time of the year. If you're out there a little earlier in the spring or if you're out there in the fall, you can use, for the lake trout, you can use spoons because you can cast quite far. Our great, like, cast masters and those type of spoons, any good spoon that you can cast out. Um, you can use tube jigs, but you got to be careful not to get them too far down. You're going to get caught in the rocks. Now, as those lake trout move out, you're still going to have the browns and the rainbows in by shore in Granby. And Granby has a great population of browns and rainbows, maybe not quite as big as some other lakes. But during the summer, early in the day, and then maybe again late in the day, but early in the day for sure, your traditional trout baits like uh, uh, just even power bait, or those who get the rainbows, probably not the browns so much. But you can still use spoons or little tube jigs, but don't be afraid to try some hard baits like some small rapalas or things like that. There's just a number of baits you can fish. Being able to cast and cover distance, I'd look for rocky shorelines, and I would tend to cast parallel down the shore and work my way around, not just straight out. The lake trout are going to diminish a little bit right now. Not that you can't catch one, but as the water warms, they move deep and away. As the water cools in the fall, they'll start to move back. Hopefully that helps out. Another thing you could do is just uh, go on Bernie Keefe's Fishing with Bernie. He'll give you a current update because he fishes that lake every day. We're going to take a quick time out. We're going to take you to another lake right here in the Denver metro area. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right back to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife from Bar Lake is one of our all-time favorite contributors because she is always so cheery and bright and bubbly, Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great. And I mean that. You always just brighten my day. You have the best attitude in the world. You just, uh, I don't know how you keep it up in these times, but kudos to you. Well, thank you. Hey, but speaking of that, you do also have a great park you manage, and that, that's got to help. You know, I know you want to talk. We've had a huge influx of new people and you want to talk some safety things like uh, boating safety. But before we do that, let's talk about the park. Tell people where it's located and describe it. Of course. So we're talking about Bar Lake State Park. We're just east of Denver, 25 minutes, so we're a great day trip. So Bar Lake is um, known for our birding. We've had over 371 different bird species sighted here. 
the um, whole northern half or the southern half is a wildlife refuge. On the northern half, you can boat and fish. We have a trail that goes all the way around the lake. It's 8.8 miles. You can hike, bike, horseback ride. We have an archery range. We have a wonderful nature center that just opened up again um, Thursday uh, through Sunday. And we have picnic areas. You know, it's just a, a great place to come fishing, um, spend a day with your family. It really is. And we're going to talk a little bit about the fishing. Um, but when you talked about boating, we should mention that it is a 10 horsepower limit on the lake. It is. Yes, it is. And one thing about that, too, is if you do have a boat with a bigger motor, um, you can use it. You can bring your boat here. You just can't use your big motor. Um, just use your trolling motor, um, electric motor. Or if you have a kicker on it, uh, you can use that if it's under 10 horse. So so there's still yeah, lots. I've yeah. had my big boat on Bar Lake, and I've been out on Bar Lake in smaller boats. And you can have, it's, uh, you know, it's a thought of as a day-use lake. You have the birding. You have the picnicking. It's just a wonderful place to go. But it really is a tremendous fishery. In fact, it's coming into its own as a really good walleye fishery, isn't it? It is. You know, really in the last, probably four days we've seen um, quite a few walleye coming out so we had the cast and blast tournament with Colorado plays last weekend it was super fun um, they had 34 teams so you know the fishing is really you know usually June is one of our best months and then you also have other species the walleyes probably are a little difficult to get from shore right now but you're usually well stocked with trout and what other species do you have so we have trout, we have wiper, we have perch. Um, two weeks ago, we got an extra stocking of trout. So, you know, it's, it's great from the shore as well. So, yeah, that's great. It's a great place to fish anyway and come out. You've got a lot of beginning fishermen. Good time to take some residents up at shore, a, a, a short drive from downtown Denver even, and it just you're there and you can spend the day. Now, we mentioned, I mentioned that people are coming out. You're getting, you know, we're seeing numbers everywhere across the state, way up in the outdoors, which is heartwarming to us because we've spent our lives trying to get people to understand the value of the outdoors and get out there. But a lot of them are hurrying to get out there. They want to do some activities, and they're either inexperienced or unaware of a lot of both rules and safety precautions, and that really pertains on a lake like yours, especially to you're probably seeing a lot of paddleboarders, canoes, and kayaks. How's that going out there? Well, you know, so we have seen a, a great influx in visitation at all our state parks. Um, you know, we've had um, days almost every Sunday where we go to capacity up our lake, which is very unusual. But what we're seeing is, you know, it is great that people are getting out and they're buying canoes and kayaks and paddleboarders but they're not realizing the safety equipment that you need. So it's super important um, that you have a life jacket, a life jacket that fits you properly. Um, we often see kids that are wearing adult life jackets, and that, that's not going to work. You also have to have a sound-producing device. So that's a whistle, a horn. We just want you to be safe. You know, we had um, four paddleboarders just last night that got blown up against the west side of the park and um, our, our partners right and fire department came out and assisted us but um, and everybody was okay but this is a we're a very large lake um, it's about thousand surface acres that you can boat on um, so we're actually bigger than Cherry Creek and Chatfield and being on the eastern plains the wind can come up at any time so well, and you're absolutely right. And I think you're right that a lot of people, they go buy a paddleboard or a kayak or a canoe, and they don't realize that by law, 
they have to uh if you're an adult you have to have it on the paddleboard or canoe or kayak with you and you have to have a sound producing device by law and if you're under i think it's under 13 i've I've got to look the age up you have to be wearing one or you can't be out there and i know everybody wants to educate people and they don't want to write tickets but if it continues uh, and we start having some tragedies. You're going to see people getting ticketed. In fact, you told me you're doing just a number of rescues almost daily when the wind comes up because they're also inexperienced on the boards and canoes and kayaks. You did have one great story you shared with me, though, about a 13-year-old boy and his dad. Tell people that story. So last weekend, we all know that we had some great windstorms, and we had gotten a call that there was a kayak that had washed up um, against the dam. So we had already been on the lake. There was a boat on the lake, a patrol boat, um, and out checking on people. So I responded to the dam, and when I walked down to the dam, there was a young boy holding on because the waves and the white caps were pushing him really hard, really slamming him against the dam. And when I got to them, got to him, he said, I don't know where my dad is. And I was like, what do you mean you don't know where your dad is? And he said the last place he saw him was when he fell off the kayak by the boat ramp. So the the boy was 13 years old. He was wearing his life jacket. He had a whistle. Um, he was able to use his whistle to get um, attention of some fishermen. And then his dad ended up getting um, the attention of some other boaters. And then the ranger went and got him. But his dad and the, his son were both wearing life jackets and both had whistles. Um, and so that's a great into into a story, but it could have been ended a lot differently. Oh, it, it's so, you know, people think that, oh, the water's warm now, and you can get in trouble so quickly. You hit your head on the side of the paddleboard or the kayak or the canoe. You you just get tired, and, and, and you know, even water that's not that cold can, hypothermia can eventually set in, and just a great, great ending to a great story and i'm sure that dad is proud of that boy and just a great way that show how the value of doing things right we have to get moving on but any last minute comments or anything coming up no we just want people to get out and enjoy the outdoors and you know as park rangers we're here to help you and educate and we really want you to be safe so ask us questions and come out and enjoy all your 41 um state parks all right as always, you just do a great job, Michelle. I look forward to seeing you again. All right. Bye, Terry. Bye. Michelle Siebert from Bar Lake State Park. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to take you down to the Arkansas headwaters and talk about rafting on the, one of the most famous rivers in the world right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Um, We are going to go to the phones, and this could be interesting because we have a number of guests with us, and I'm doing this from my home office. So Kyle's going to have to be my angel up there and keep this running for me, Kyle. Um, We've got Tappan Brown from uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife down at the Arkansas Headwaters. Good morning, Tappan. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and you have a couple special guests with you. Who's with you? Yes, sir. So Brian Ellis from Wilderness Aware is on the phone with me, as well as Daniel Carr from Noah's Ark is also here in, um, on the phone. going to talk about the commercial outfitting side of the whitewater rafting. 
All right, but before we get there, I wanted to cover that because I think a lot of I think you're going to find a lot of people are looking at ways to recreate in state, and I think the whitewater season is going to be really good this year. But and I know there's going to be special regulations. Before we get to what's happening on the Arkansas and talk to about whitewater in general, kind of describe where Arkansas Headwaters Park is and the amenities you offer. Yeah, so Arkansas Headwaters Recreation Area is one of a Colorado State Park, but it is unique in that we span about 150 miles of the Arkansas River, spanning from Leadville to Lake Pueblo. Our visitor center is here in Salida, and it kind of splits that in half. Um, but we have a number of campgrounds, both upstream and downstream from Salida. Um, and those are uh, our basic campgrounds, having bathrooms, and they're all on the reservation system. And then, uh, like you said, we are kind of a boating park and on the river, and the Arkansas River here is the most commercially rafted sections of river in the United States. Well, and also, of course, it's an obviously a, we've covered it quite a bit for the trout fishing. It's one of the best trout brown trout fisheries in the state. It's just a, an incredible fly fishing destination. But the camping is more and more popular. In fact, um, I, I don't believe you have hookups. You have to be self-contained. You have bathrooms. But didn't you just add another campground? Yeah, Terry. So we just added our eighth um, developed campground at Point Bar. And that is in Fremont County, only about 15 miles or so downstream from Salida. And Point Bar is a really cool spot because you can actually do recreational gold panning there. So uh, folks that want to come out and try their hand at some gold panning, it's a a great spot to bring the family. And you can sluice for gold while you're staying at our campgrounds. And our campgrounds are all beautiful. Like you mentioned, there are no hookups, but you're, you're along the river, beautiful spots, scenery. Um, bathrooms, tent pads, and fire rings are all provided. Well, in those campgrounds, if you're staying there, offer you really good access to the river, a lot of them, don't they? Yes, they do. A number of them are at our boat launch or takeout sites, so it's a great opportunity to, you know, boat right into your camp and stay stay over the weekend. And all those campgrounds are on the reservation system. As most folks now know, you can either make that reservation by calling the reservation number or going online. And um, are all your campgrounds open? Are there any county restrictions or anything? Uh, all our campgrounds are currently open. We do have some fire restrictions in, as well as you know, individual county restrictions. So I always encourage people, just make sure they do their research wherever their campground is located. We do span four counties. And so wherever your campground is located, just make sure you check in that you're following all local county ordinances as well as any fire restrictions. All right. Now I'm going to let you kind of direct who should answer these questions happen, but let's get into the whitewater rafting. I think it's going to be a popular year. You know, the Arkansas River can have some very technical, aggressive rapids down to some very easy floats for a family, depending on where you are in the time of the year. So why doesn't somebody bring us up to speed on what the flows are like and what the rafting is like right now? Hey, Terry, uh, this is Kyle. We lost Tappan, so you got Brian right now. I'm reconnecting with Tappan as we speak. So if you have a question for Brian, he's here. Well, well, this is Brian Ellis with Wilderness Aware, right? Yes, sir. All right, Brian. I did hear your question. Uh, The flows right now, we've got medium water flow. So we're kind of just past the peak, and the water is starting to drop a little bit. The 
the snow packs sort of melting off and but it's really great water for for uh families and and people that are looking for kind of a, a an adventure that that isn't too far at the end of the of the crazy scale as far as the white water like we conditions we had last year and so folks that were a little shy about going rafting it's a great opportunity to get out there today and how long do you think we'll see this? I know none of us have a crystal bottle, depend on weather and rain and things, but are you still looking at enough snow to have pretty good driftable flows for quite a while? Yeah, so we're we're fortunate here in the Arkansas that, that we have uh a lot of uh uh partners that we work with with, with agriculture, with uh, municipalities where um we have a voluntary flow management program that uh, helps us keep water in the river all the way through August. So I know Tappan and your other guests are back. Uh, Tappan, why you don't you have one of the guys again, tell actually, Terry. Uh, Okay, all right, well, we'll stay with Brian. Brian, what's happening with white water as far as regulations? Is there, um, are, are you guys, are, and this would be across the state, I'm sure, are, are Whitewater Outfitters under different regulations or specific regulations this year because of COVID? Yeah, so uh, we are. Um, we all are sort of working together to to be able to address the COVID issues. Um, we're sort of uniquely positioned. We've we've got multiple jurisdictions we've got to navigate because we do multiple rivers across the state and particularly in multi-day rafting trips. But a lot of the regulations from the state are, are the same, and then you also have to adapt to local municipalities that, that have their or counties that are having their own rules. So mostly this year um, we have to do the social distancing in our office facilities. Uh, on the bus we, have, uh, we require masks from our customers and also the guides and any employees. Um, some consistent, other consistent items are each employee has to you know, take their temperature in the morning, and we keep a log of that. So any any employees that are showing any symptoms of fever or any of the sy- symptoms of COVID have to be quarantined for 14 days, um, and they just get sent immediately home. So fortunately, we haven't had that happen at all this year, and uh, our our employees are being very conscious about the activities they're undertaking this year to avoid getting sick. Yeah, and it's going to be, you know, it's it's a tough thing for all of us, but I think from what I've seen is things start to open up with campgrounds and boating and fishing and all these things. People are flocking out. So I would probably, are you um, are you guys booking out pretty far, or is there still, oh, how, how far in advance do you have to book a trip if you want to go float to Arkansas? Well, I, I think everyone's in the position this year where, where there are going to be opportunities to book at the last minute, and I think that's kind of how people are booking this year. You know, they they kind of get their opportunity to escape the quarantine, and then they're looking once they get out here to uh, you know book a trip or or an activity around the state. Okay. So, but you know, people that um, want to book at early, everybody is taking advanced bookings, and that's a great way to secure your spot. All right. Well, I I don't think that uh, Kyle did we ever get tapping back. Yeah, we're back here, Terry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Tapping up, maybe a few less comments. Maybe uh, I want, well, first, Brian, if people want to book with you, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, so they can look at our website or our phone. Um, Our phone number is 1-800-NA-RAFT, I-N-A-RAFT, and our website is www.naraft.com. All right, and and Tapping, you said you are there? There we go. So do we have Tapping? 
Sounds like we lost tap, and again, I'm not sure what's going on. Are you still there, Brian? I am here. Well, thank you for joining us. Obviously, we had some kind of an issue hooking up with Tappen, but I think we got the things pretty well covered. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Sure, we'd love to see everybody come out and uh, and get some time on the river. It's a great way to reconnect with the outdoors and, and get some fresh air and have a little bit of fun as well. All right. We're going to thank you, Brian. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, Chris... Chris from the Blue Quill Angler is going to give us a fly fishing update on the Colorado Rivers on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Uh, a lot of the podcasts we, we from the show are Links are posted up there with some comments to help you kind of go through what's happening outdoors. A lot of times we post ahead of time if we're having special guests. And then we post uh, links to some of my columns from the Denver Post. And we also post links to our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, uh, which is 22 seasons of fishing on television. A lot of those programs were filmed right here in the Colorado area, so you can get access to those. Let's go right to the phones now. And joining us from the Blue Quill Angler is Chris Steinbeck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. And one of the reasons I really wanted to get you guys on, because you know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking still water angling. The runoff was in full force. Uh, we had a lot of warm weather, and not that there isn't still runoff, and some rivers are running pretty high, and they still could if we get some rain or extra snow. But I'm hearing reports that the water is starting to settle down, and maybe there's a lot of good river opportunities. Is that what you're seeing? That's exactly what we're seeing, and it's uh, this was a really – Good week for uh, the rivers coming down. Um, the Arkansas River down south, that came down dramatically this week. And that's creating some great flows for um, all anglers, fly anglers, spin anglers. And um, same with the Colorado River up north. The flows have come down dramatically. A lot of the tailwaters were dropped. So the uh, main river on the Colorado is a great flow right now. Now, as we get, and I want to get, some of the closer rivers and some of the ones you guide on, get some more uh, specifics from you. Do you change your tactics as we get into summer a little bit more like this and the water starts coming down? You know, a lot of times in the spring, sometimes when the water's warm, the fishing can be the best. Another day, that drizzly, miserable weather is when you get the best hatches. What do you see happening? Is it river to river, situation by situation? Yeah, you know, what we do is we typically break them up in two different rivers. We have tailwaters, which are rivers controlled by dams, and then freestone rivers, which are just bigger rivers that are not dam controlled. And so our tactics do change a little bit this time of year on both of those different watersheds. So like big freestone rivers, like the Arkansas and the Colorado, what we're going to start doing is we start throwing a lot of dry dropper rigs with a big dry fly on top, and then you put a little heavier nymph below it. Um... And this is going to be probably for the next two months. It's going to be a great dry fly season. And so um, bigger freestones, dry droppers, great way to go. Big stone fly patterns are really great to throw this time of year. Um, that's kind of like the next big hatch on the horizon. Um, most of our rivers are golden stone flies, which is just a great hatch to fish. And they're big bugs and big flies. Um, and that happens, you know, throughout the state of Colorado. So bigger freestones. 
tailwaters like the South Platte. Um, generally, tailwaters, since they're dam controlled, are a little colder, so the stonefly hatch is a little bit more delayed. Um, and so we're probably a couple weeks out from the South Platte seeing some of those. But the South Platte is running a little lowered right now, and those dry dropper rigs are just super deadly and a great way to fish. How how long before you start that the dry dropper becomes a hopper dropper? How late into the year typically do the hoppers really come into play? You know, we're close. We're knocking on the door right now. And so um, uh, we're going to start throwing a lot of hoppers probably towards the end of this month here. Um, we're starting seeing a bunch of them out on a lot of different watersheds, so the fish are starting to see them more. Um, and then all the summer months, you know, especially if the flows are still a little higher, um, they're still the flows are coming down, but they're still a little higher. And so a lot of fish are on the edges. And when they're on the edges, that's a great time to throw the hoppers. Um, big explosive hits on top, and fly fishing doesn't get much better than that. Well, one of the reasons I like throwing a hopper is, number one, is I don't have to get the most delicate cast when I lay it down because hoppers plop onto the water anyway. And then I don't have to mend my line as well either because they're usually struggling on top of the water. So it makes me look like a skilled fly angler. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Hey, take us through maybe a few of the, um, you know, like places you are fishing and what you're seeing specifically. Yeah, so, you know, specifically down on the South Platte, and, you know, we're talking Cheeseman Canyon, Deckers. Those flows are a little lower right now. Um, they're trying to fill Cheeseman Reservoir up. And so we've been starting, the morning bite is really good at Deckers right now. Um, we've been starting really early in the morning. And with the low flows, the one thing we have to kind of keep in the back of our minds is the warm water temperatures in the afternoons. So the afternoons, the water is getting a little warmer. The fishing's slowing down a little bit, but the morning fishing is phenomenal on the South Platte, Deckers, and Cheeseman area. Um, higher up the South Platte is the Dream Stream, and the flows came down to a little over 200 CFS on the Dream Stream. And again, that's just a tremendous fishing flow. Um, and we're throwing a lot of, lot of dry flies on the Dream Stream. It's a great dry fly river. Um, we're seeing little yellow sallies up there, which are a little small little mini stoneflies almost. Um, we're seeing a lot of caddis throughout, you know, all over the South Platte from Deckers up through the Dream Stream. And so dry flies are always great options, especially early in the morning. You'll see a few fish rising. Um, and then as the sun comes up in mid-morning, we've been throwing a lot of nymphs, subsurface flies, um, but the fish are eating really aggressively. Uh, flies like pheasant tails are really good right now size 18s and size 20s are hard to beat on most rivers. So what about Waterington Canyon? Is It just recently opened or it's going to open next week. I, I didn't get to write the date down. What's that going to open up for fly anglers? So we're, we think that's going to be next week. Um, and same thing, you know, the flows out of Strontia, they typically fluctuate a little bit more. Um but the stoneflies are a great fly to fish on the, anywhere in Waterton Canyon, from high up in the canyon uh, to the very bottom of the canyon, you know, before it hits Chatfield Reservoir. Stoneflies, great options. Again, those pheasant tails are. And another great fly, especially for Waterton Canyon, is called a buckskin. And a buckskin has been around for a long time, but it is a great caddis pattern, and the fish are pretty stupid to that fly. That's great. Hey, 
we were going to talk more Stillwater, but the rivers became so fishable. Uh, Stillwater is still a great option. Where are a few of the places you might send people for some Stillwater fishing? You know, Antero and Spinney are two of the mainstays. Those both have been fishing really good. Um, the fish out there are eating big chronomids with supersized midges, um, and we're getting really close to when they start turning on the calabatus nymphs. And so that's going to be really quick, both at uh, Spinney and Antero. Um, we do quite a bit up at Wellington Lake, too. Uh, Wellington has great camping, great outdoors, great fishing up there, um, and the same principle. So we're throwing a lot of chronomids, uh, getting into a lot of calabatus. Um, and then all three of those lakes, leeches are always a mainstay. Um, so we will generally fish the leeches throughout the year on those uh, reservoirs. Uh, a quick question that I want to get your contact information is, what about classes? Now, have the COVID things have kept you from scheduling classes? Do you have classes scheduled? What's the status of that? Yeah, so we, we changed up our classes a little bit just to stay in compliance with the CDC guidelines. Um, we are definitely running classes now. We opened up about two weeks ago, but we're keeping the class sizes very small. And so instead of doing bigger groups, we're trying to keep it groups of two to three people. Um, we have basically we do still water classes that teach people how to be out in float tubes and how to effectively fly fish a lot of these lakes. And then we also run a lot of classes on rivers. And we do those river classes once a week. Um, those group sizes, we have two instructors on those classes, and we do no more than six people. So everybody gets a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention. They get to spend the day on the river with a guide um, or on the lake with our Stillwater class. And they're just both tremendous options and great ways to learn how to use the fly rod this summer. And, and the last thing, I said last, but I lied. Have you heard anything? A lot of people are still staying close to home. What about rivers through town like Bear Creek and Clear Creek or their close access? Yeah, so Clear Creek is a, probably a little bit better option than Bear Creek right now. Clear Creek's fishing really good. Um, throw a lot of dry flies on Clear Creek. Elk care caddis, um, little stimulators. Um, in the last basically two hours of light each day, the dry fly fishing is just incredibly good on uh, Clear Creek. Bear Creek can offer great fishing as well. Um, the flows are just really low on Bear Creek right now, so the water is really, really warm. Um, and so until we get a little bit more water coming down, Bear Creek might be fishing just a little tougher here for the next few weeks. Why don't you tell people, Chris, if they're looking for a class or a guide trip or they just want information, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so the best way is, um, you know, we're always at the shop seven days a week. You can reach us up here at 303-674-4700. And this, I mean, you call with any question. If you're going to go fish a river or a lake, we're happy to point you in the right direction. Um, we're doing full, our guide services back up and running um, in our classes as well. And you can find all that information on our website at www bluequillangler.com and uh, as well as our social media so we will try to update all of our uh, all of our facets so to speak and make uh, the information easily attainable for people well as always chris great information thank you for joining us and hopefully you get to spend a little time on the water in the next few days i know i'm anxious to get out i've been stuck in the office way too much so thanks <laughs> for joining too. us hey thank thanks, you terry we appreciate it
You bet. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. Nate Zielinski is going to join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.